Hi, Bunta Vista. It's Mason from Chicago here, and uh, I have no idea how to describe what has happened here, but uh, so just some bits and pieces and snap, well, just little snapshots of uh, today I did jail support going first to one spot and then to another spot. Uh, for folks who don't know, jail support is meeting people who are being released from jail after an action, uh, making sure that they have food and water and in COVID situations, masks and hand sanitizer, uh, and making sure that they have rides to get back to their families. Um, and as this was going on, uh, our mayor, like the mayors of most major cities, uh, because this is all happening in concert, like there's some giant fucking Zoom call where these people are discussing how to escalate and ratchet up the tension. Um, but, yeah, uh, so as I was going up, they closed off pretty much the entire uh sort of central the loop part of the sort of central city core of Chicago. Uh, they announced curfews with roughly between 15 and negative five minutes notice for our, our residents here. And um, the police are holding back in terms of the the use of batons and bicycles and in just beating the shit out of people. Uh, so yeah, uh, we've, we've got a lot of angry people who are desperate and a lot of cops that love beating the shit out of people and it sucks. Please, please, please don't import this from America. <laughs> Bye. Hey, welcome to Punta Vista. Uh, episode 151, Civil War 2. Mm. Uh, Civil, Civil War, the 2020 reboot. America is yep. at war, but it's in America for once. Woo! What a week. What how's a the, week, how's, indeed. How's the vibe in America, Lucy? I'll tell you, it's not great. Um, doesn't feel good. I feel like I've seen things online in the past week that I just like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's wild. We're talking mass protests, uh, police brutality and riots in over 140 cities. Just a lot of police brutality out there. I don't know if you've seen all the videos circulating, but fuck cops. Oh, oh I've seen all kinds of videos. Um, so, of course, as I'm sure everybody is well aware, um, the the death during an arrest of George Floyd by a cop kneeling on his neck for nine minutes or so as he begged to be allowed to breathe until he was dead. Uh, well, a bunch of other cop cops stood around him and made sure that he was able to do it. Um, has finally been the, I don't know, the, the match to the powder keg. And yeah. God knows we've seen thing after thing after thing. Um, you know, it was only like... 
God, it was only uh, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, that Amaud Arbery was just chased down by some guys and just gunned down in the street for going for a run. It was. I don't even know when that was. I have no concept of time anymore. No, it's every... Well, 2020 is certainly a time where everything is happening all the time and at once and constantly and too much. Sure is. And it could certainly be said that um, a lot of what is happening is like very cumulative. Yeah, it's the inevitable conclusion from everything that's happened for God knows how long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely from the um, from the police brutality perspective and the everybody having smart cameras, like smartphones with video cameras and stuff, meaning that everybody can be seeing this stuff and filming it and showing it to everybody else at all times and that just being an overwhelming wave. But I think that's compounded by the coronavirus pandemic, which has in turn, you know, put millions of people out of work around the world, which means that now that people have finally got to this point of just not being willing to take it anymore, Mm. it's like, uh, you know, looking at these protests that have now gone on for five or six nights straight. And as things get more and more escalated, it's like, there's a lot of these people who like, like I think for a lot of, uh, a lot of very middle class people who go to protests and that sort of stuff. It's like you you go to your protest and then you go home and then you go to work like yeah. the next day. And they count on this kind of, you know, culture of, you know, not having people able to just protest all the time. But we all have nothing else. Yeah. That we're suddenly in this position where there are just tens of thousands of people in each of these cities who don't have somewhere else they're supposed to be right now. They don't have someone who can say, I'm going to take away your livelihood if you don't show up and clock in in the morning. Mm-hmm. And not a lot to lose. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, very much looks like the purge is happening in real life from here. We can hope so. And um, go out and loot that target. Unequivocally, okay. go, go on. Good for you. I'm one of the white people who is going to be out there defending the local target. Mm, I'm going to be cleaning the graffiti outside of the um, God, the target. Those people. And it's just been... This, <laughs> even all the horrible shit aside, I feel like I've seen things on the internet that I will never recover from. I don't know if you've seen all the influencers. That, oh. You know, there's like a picture of a woman... Take, in yoga pants taking a picture in front of a looted T-Mobile store there's um, the bit of footage I saw today that absolutely killed me was this woman who went over to a guy who was like um, boarding up the front of a store mm-hmm. and got him to give her um, the power drill that he was holding to like screw on the big plywood um, panes over the glass and then she stood there and held it as though she was screwing on the big pla- the big panes of plywood um, and posed for a photo. And then as soon as the photo was taken, she said, thank you so much, and gave him back the drill and turned around and got back into her like Mercedes, Mercedes SUV that was parked mm-hmm. on the curb. Um, said, Black Lives Matter, and drove away. It's just so don't many levels of disgusting shit happening. I don't even know where to start. There's, it's so... It's so confusing and confused. Like, I mean, I, I don't... I just 
don't understand who these people are who like get mad about looting. Yeah, I, I can't fathom like caring about this shit. I get maybe that you're upset about a local business or something, but literally caring that a Target or a Nordstrom rack is destroyed is just a baffling state of mind. But it's also like, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is that people immediately want to attribute that to, oh, this is this is just people taking advantage of the situation and doing bad behavior or whatever, as though it isn't also tied up in a lot of other things. Like, if you are in a socioeconomic bracket that is held down by you know, the richest people in the country who in turn are completely supported in doing whatever the fuck they want to do by the police force. Yeah. You know, and suddenly you're in this position where maybe you can go and grab a bunch of that shit that you can't afford because you work somewhere for, you know, minimum wage and tips or less than minimum wage if you can get enough tips to take you up to minimum wage. Exactly. And, And like no holidays and no health insurance and no nothing. And you never get anything from the government. You never get anything from these job creators, you know, from philanthropists, from fucking... Jeff Bezos. Yeah, from the Elon Musks of the world. So, they're they're creating jobs and innovating by becoming trillionaires as millions upon millions of people are put out of work. Yeah, I think for the most part, these people just cannot fathom being as angry as these people are because these things will never happen to them. The idea that, you know someone in their community is murdered by a police officer for no reason. It's not something they can ever face and will never face. So this, this I think, is the thing where, like, obviously, obviously right now, we are talking about a situation from the perspective of two of the whitest people you've ever seen. Uh, we are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and me, we're just very white. We're very white. Um yes. And so, obviously, we cannot speak to any of the perspective of police harassment or anything like that. Um, Like, obviously, you can listen to people, and that's very important. But I, the thing that I was just marveling at all day is how you can see this footage, video after video after video at these protests and riots. It's all there to just look at. You can just see it. You can just see it happening. You can just see, like, like the footage today of um of a, a news crew standing there, filming, while the cops pull up because these store owners have said, "Hey, we need help protecting our store from looters," mm. and the cops roll up and immediately run over and throw the handcuffs on the black on store, the store owners, owners that called them. Yeah. Or the video of the um, of the guy who'd been handcuffed and stitched up by cops until he had finally managed to explain to them, I am an FBI agent and oh, you need to one. let me go now. Mm-hmm. Like, just thing after thing after thing of, of the police being the ones to escalate and instigate violence and like the cops driving SUVs into crowds of protesters. Yeah, and they are overwhelmingly committing all the violence that's happening right now. It's like starting it. And, you know, looking at this, you just see over and over and over and over again in all of the replies to these posts um, from journalists and news organizations on Twitter... All these people saying, oh, well, they should have done what they were told by the police. And then that wouldn't have happened. 
you can see that that's not the truth <laughs> like well it's it's just it's just this like it's just such a mind-bogglingly like protected mindset of this whole thing of oh well if you simply did what you were told mm. then they wouldn't have done something bad for you and like i i just i, w- I was marveling at like essentially how brainwashed a massive portion of the american populace is oh definitely with like police and military worship yeah just this fealty to the police and the military this idea that if an order is given to you by a member of the military or the police force that 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 it has to be correct whatever they are saying has to be correct and they have to be within their rights to do it and the the extension to that of if you don't immediately comply with whatever somebody has told you, that person can then wreak horrible violence upon you that is completely inconsistent with yeah. like all guidance around how arrests and stuff are actually supposed to go, but it's your fault because you didn't cooperate. Also, just the idea that police are easily startled and things like this, as though it's just at some job like... He was in fear. A regular job that you can just be like that. Like, <sighs> yeah, just just... I, I cannot I cannot grapple with how like the the number of people who can look at videos like the video of the um the video shot by the the women who were like standing outside their own front door on their own porch as mm-hmm. the national guard was moving through and the national guard saw them there and just turned around and started firing those paint cans at them yeah. on their own porch and so many people are injured people have like lost their eyes journalists yep. they're just shooting people i did note when i was pondering about this today that i think in a like i don't think it's a good thing that any of this is happening to anybody but i think that in a in a way that it is a net positive that the police have been indiscriminately attacking reporters in Mm. the same way that they have been attacking everybody else. Because I think for a long time, reporters, um, you know, particularly in Western democracies, a lot of the time have had this bystander status. Yeah, they think of themselves as a protected class, essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, even think think of, like, people who get embedded in units in, like, Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff, you know? It's like, oh, we'll we'll ride along with you and be protected. But there's also the idea that, like, you know, they're like like medics. You're not supposed to fire on them. But they're being... They're having this violence visited on them so indiscriminately that it's taken out this part of the process that used to happen, which was someone would have something fucked up done to them by a cop. A cop would just haul off and punch somebody in the face or shoot an unarmed person or, you know, whatever it might be. And the journalists would have to say, it appears as if this thing happened or this person said the police did this and the police did an investigation and said, actually, we thought there was a concealed weapon or... Oh, this person was presenting a threat and a a reasonable reasonable suspicion. Reasonable force was employed, you know. And it's completely taken that out of the equation because you can also see video after video after video of reporters, like on the street somewhere, by themselves, nowhere near any protesters, nowhere near any cops. And they're standing there with a camera and the microphone, 
holding up their press badges saying, we're press, and the police who are standing 20 metres away just open fire on them. And, and it's taken out this part where the press would normally say, we either have to hear both sides or we have to, you know, work with the assumption that something happened before that point that we weren't privy to. It's like, yeah. no, no, nothing happened. Nothing happened. You're just there and they want you off the streets. I just, That's I can't it. imagine after seeing all this that anyone could still see the police and think that they're there to protect you at this point. Well, if you, yeah, if you think that the only thing they're there to protect is property, someone else's property, I mean... Yeah, they're visibly just protecting property in so many of these videos. They're not well, there to the, help anyone. Yeah. The, the very, you know, the more unfortunate thing, of course, is seeing any kind of post where somebody, uh, where, <coughs> pardon me, seeing any kind of post, like, for example, I was looking at the Polk County um, sheriff from Florida saying, hey, a lot of people around here like guns. So if you're thinking of protesting and damaging people's properties, I'm going to be encouraging them to fucking kill you. Normal and, stuff from and the then people there to can, protect you. Yep, you can just look down at all of the replies on this thing with people saying, awesome, awesome. This is my local sheriff and he's a badass. Just a and like, massively cucked population. Somebody, Well, somebody in the replies was like, what if I'm in my house and there's somebody like out the front and I'm worried that they're going to do something and somebody replies with the explanation of the um, stand your ground law which, as Jesus. we know, is an extension of the, you know, the castle doctrine. Mm. So, the castle doctrine being if somebody breaks into your house, you are able to murder them, basically. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if they're running away from you or it doesn't matter if they're unarmed or anything like that. You can immediately just dome somebody and there will be no questions from the police at all because that person was in your house. Um, Florida is one of the places that extended that to include this stand your ground law, which is if you are just out in public somewhere and you feel that someone is an imminent threat to your life, you can take out your gun and kill them. And so this person was explaining the stand your ground law and saying, well, if someone's out the front and you think that they're going to like throw a Molotov cocktail at your house, you can shoot them and it's still legal. This person was like, great, thank you. And so, you have, like, one chunk of the populace that is is just, like, this pathetic slavering fealty to the police. Please protect me from these people who are asking to not be murdered so much anymore. Yeah. Um, and then you get the whole other chunk that is just living in this, like, whole death wish murder fantasy. Like, of people who, who spend all their time... You know, it's like all the people who are like, I wish Antifa had come around. I'd get out my AR-15 and aerate them. Yeah. It's like, this is a very healthy thing to Would spend you though? your time yeah, sitting around and thinking about. Deeply unhealthy, fucked up thing to be thinking about. Well, I mean, we've seen a few videos online of people either uh, pulling out a sword or showing up to a protest with their AR-15 and having it taken off them and getting stomped. Good. And I think that's more like what is going to happen to your average person who tries to deal with that kind of situation like that. Yeah. But um, I guess 
one question to try and grapple with, and it's just going to be grappling from us. Yeah. There's, sure. there's <laughs> nothing, nothing smart's going to happen. Um, is where does this go? I don't think it's going to get better before it gets worse. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we now have Trump saying that he's going to basically call in like the full might of the American military to crush dissenters. I'm calling Antifa a terrorist organization. Yep. He's demanding mass arrests. Um, he's basically saying that, you know, everybody that has anything to do with this deserves to be put in jail for five to ten years or shot if they won't get off the street. And it's super cool that the Democrats wasted time trying to impeach him over some bullshit instead of stuff like this. Just... We've also got Joe Biden saying that uh, police should shoot them in the leg instead of the heart. That's so nice, Joe. Yeah, that's the the opposition over here. Uncle Joe would love for you to just be shot in your femoral artery. Exactly. I don't know. It just feels like things are really at a huge breaking point over here. Well, that's the thing. It does. It does feel different. I mean, like you know, obviously we, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. But, but something about this, like, uh, and and it might be the combination of things that we discussed, like you know, the the pandemic, the mass yeah, unemployment. Yeah, it's definitely a huge combination of the fact that the government did nothing but give everyone a twelve hundred dollar check. And nothing else. People are still dying at huge rates. And I guess we just have to put all that behind us and see the um, very well-equipped police while, you know, doctors and nurses don't have enough protective gear. Sure enough, uh, put all the resources into sending out the riot squads to protest pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, you've you've... Got Trump. I don't know if you listened to the audio from uh, Trump on a conference call to all of the governors from all the different states. No, but Did it sounds bad. That? It's uh, it's very bad. It's him basically saying, you know, hey, we've got to, you got to get out there, and you have to dominate them on the battlefield. You have to crush them. Like we need to, we need to bring like the full might of the national guard and military out there, and crush these people. It's and a government like, with just absolute contempt for its own citizens. Well, I mean, like I, you know, I'm I'm not one of those people who is like, ah, see. You voted for Donald Trump, and that is the one thing that caused this because yeah, that not. shit is ridiculous. Like, to to look at what is currently happening and think that this is a situation that has been created solely through the election of Donald Trump is like the That's most liberal ridiculous, brain. ridiculous ignorance of like even the most r- remote understanding of the history of of America. Yeah, but like obviously. It also seems like, you know, the the most it seems like the most obvious endpoint of uh, like elections and government policy and and political ideology that is based on nothing other than just spite and hate for people who aren't like you. And just protection of the rich and corporations. It's such a disgusting, visible level. 
Making America great again. Make it yeah. like it used to be. Yeah. The, the good old days, you know? She's certainly getting there. But yeah, just as far as like, where does it go? It's, you know, it, it doesn't, like people don't seem to show any signs of letting up with the whole thing, which is amazing because the cops are getting more and more heavy handed with it. And as we all know, um, protests against police brutality uh, are usually quelled by applying a bunch of police brutality. Um, Mm. The crowds love it when you do that. Oh, we love it. You're listening. You're finally listening. So, yeah, it's like you kind of get the vibe from this whole thing that people really aren't going to let up until something significant happens like until there is some kind of commitment something to a massive has to but i don't know what that can even be at this point you know well it also feels like trump being there is going to guarantee that that doesn't happen yeah like, absolutely like, what what would happen if a whole bunch of like um you know governors of states said we are announcing a massive overhaul of like policing standards, you know, we're throwing out everybody with a domestic violence conviction. We're throwing out everybody who's had like multiple complaints of racial profiling against them. Um, you know, we're in, in, like introducing a whole bunch of really strict standards. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are like police ab- abolitionists. Um, I know that a lot of people want a world with no cops. Um, I don't think we're getting there immediately certainly not anytime soon yeah so so i guess the question is what are the steps that are going to make people believe that something is genuinely happening and i don't know that's pretty scary it's definitely like any other country with this level of like it is fascism a bunch of the stuff that's i know we've loved to throw that word around since trump got elected but Mm. these are overtly fascist things that are happening just declaring anti-fascism to be a terrorist act as you call the military in to quell your own citizens. Yeah, to That's literally just it, shoot your own citizens with rubber bullets for peacefully protesting. And then you um, and then you gas a whole bunch of your own citizens so you can walk down the block and hold a Bible in front of a church. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, and... And like, much respect to anyone that's out there right now protesting. Absolutely, Must be a and pretty scary place to be. Absolutely. I hope that all of our friends out there stay safe. Because, you know, yes. I know that um, we've all got a lot of a lot of online friends. And we can all see them out there, you know, getting sure amongst can. it. And trying to keep each other safe. And, you know, our thoughts are with all of them. It's just really hard to look at it and know where it goes from here. But it's also very hard to look at it without being, frankly very scared for the people who are out there in the streets because it just it just really seems like it is it just seems like it's on the verge of like a, a a unit of cops somewhere just massacring a crowd of people it seems like they're just like right right teetering on the edge of having their own Tiananmen Square pretty much the US has bombed countries for less than this yeah, but that's different. That's other countries doing it. That's other no? countries. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, mm. I mean, Australia, of course, doesn't have similar problems. No racism here. Mm. No, uh, 
No problems with the police targeting minorities, killing them in custody. Just kidding. Uh, there's a lot of that here. Sure is. Almost all of it completely unpunished. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I think that that has been a frustrating thing from the Australian perspective. It's very frustrating to see Australians posting stuff on social media and in the comments website saying, wow, America's so fucked up. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of comments like that, which are just... Yeah, and it's like, obviously, you know, Australia doesn't have... I think that there are that there are elements that are very unique to America. There yeah. is the the saturation of gun ownership. Um, there is, as as we discussed, the overwhelming fealty to the police and the military among like large sections of the populace, mm, and just a huge population as well. Yeah, yeah, hundreds of millions of people. Um, there's and then there's like you know the the history of slavery within that country and the fact that like there's obviously such huge parts of the country huge swathes of the country that cannot even begin to contend with the fact that the the entire country's like infrastructure let alone its wealth and its you know all of its things are all just built on slavery Mm-hmm. and slave labor and stolen people. Now, obviously, Australia did steal a whole country uh, from its indigenous people. Sure did. Hey, that also happened in America, too. Um, there was slavery, you know, uh, the slavery of an indigenous people. There were Pacific Islanders that were bought here um, to work in the sugarcane fields. But I, I think it just kind of can't compare to the industrial scale that, that America was built on yeah. in that way. And it's purely know? a scale thing. We have the exact same problems with racism and with police brutality. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, the, the deaths of indigenous people in custody. Just, and there are it, truly so many. If you haven't researched any of this, there's... It's a lot. So many. Um, yeah, like, for example... Um, a thing that's coming up a lot at the moment is, is the case of David Dungay Jr. Mm. Um, and he was a man who was in jail. Um, this was on video. He was in Long Bay Jail in Sydney. Um, he had six guards holding him down while he gasped for air and screamed for help. And he shouted, I can't breathe, 12 times as they pressed down on his neck until he was dead. And guess who got charged with a crime out of that? Would it be no one? It'd be fucking nobody. Because cops are just state-sanctioned murderers. Yep. So, um, you know, if you are Australian and you are willing to and are, are looking for, you know, anything within Australia that you can kind of look a bit more inward and try and help because it's it's completely obviously it is completely reasonable to give money to bail funds in the states it's true um, but also our dollar is terrible and i would recommend using that dollar in australia yeah throwing throwing our pathetic pennies over there um there are causes here where we can we can look at our own situation and rather than being 
one of those people who looks at it as it is there and say, says, boy, I'm glad we don't have any of that. Um, you can acknowledge what we do have and, and try and help in some way. So um, David Dungay Jr.'s uh, mother, Letona Dungay, is trying to have the... Um, let, me just, let me just read here from her GoFundMe. Um, she says, over the last three years, we have been to two sessions of the coronial inquest, dozens of marches and countless legal consultations. Uh, since David died in Sydney, a long way from his home in Kempsey, most of these events have been in Sydney. Constantly traveling has made finding work difficult and the legal and travel costs have been piling up. Um, in September 2019, the New South Wales coroner presented his findings on the inquest. He decided that the corrective services officers were not responsible for my son's death, despite the video evidence. Uh, I cannot accept this ruling and I have made an appeal to the Director of Public Prosecutions and will not stop until the New South Wales government accepts responsibility for the murder of my son. So um, she is raising money to continue that legal fight. Um, we will put the link to that in the description for this episode. Uh, so if you are Australian and you would like to you know, make your, your dollar go as far as possible towards a really good cause, uh, please send it there. Mm-hmm. If you're in America... There's lots of bail funds you can donate to. I did uh, read that the Minnesota bail fund has been overwhelmed with donations and suggest sending them elsewhere. Uh, there's definitely a lot of places you can send money for protesters and the like. Bail funds, things like that. And also just generalized um, Black Lives Matter charities that are raising money. I uh, very much suggest doing that if you're in America. Yeah. Because uh, you've got to try and do something. And get out to a protest if you can, if you're not immunocompromised or any of that. Yep. Because uh, I forgot about COVID. I forgot it was happening. It's, it's all happening so much, you know? <sighs> Everything happens so much. Now, fortunately, there are some bright spots happening throughout this. Um there are some very fun videos of people getting away from the police, uh, doing, <laughs> doing all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but we have some new allies in the fight. Uh, and these ones come in the form of K-pop stands. Ah, oh, yes. Finally, some good news. What are, what are they been up to? Lizzie? This is, I was struggling to find a story we could enjoy in this time, but I did find mm. one. Uh, K-pop fans spam Dallas police snitch app with videos and memes to support protesters. Uh, on Saturday, the Dallas Police Department posted a tweet telling people to send them videos from ongoing protests against police brutality via the I Watch Dallas app. You fucking idiots, you dumb morons. Who's, <laughs> First who's, of all. Who is at the protest taking videos of other protesters and sending it in? Uh, snitches. Snitches. Uh, so probably nobody. Um, if you have a video of illegal activity from the protest and are trying to share it with Dallas PD, you can download it to our I Watch Dallas app, they wrote. You can remain anonymous. Well, you'd fucking want to. <laughs> uh, instead, Twitter users are flooding the official snitching app with unrelated videos, memes, K-pop fan cams, and even footage of the police themselves. Some people have been submitting media such as SpongeBob SquarePants memes and the B-movie script to the Dallas Police's <laughs> app. Others have sent footage of police violence. Uh, however, by far the largest, most coordinated effort appears to have come from K-pop fans who have no shortage of videos to spam the police with. 
Uh, it appears to be working too. Dallas PD announced iWatch Dallas was temporarily down just one day after directing people to use the app, citing technical difficulties. Uh, exactly what the difficulties were remains unclear, though many Twitter users have attributed to the K-pop fans' coordinated spamming efforts. The Dallas Police Department's website was also down at the time <laughs> of writing due to an overwhelmed server. Beautiful. It's just beautiful just thinking about some fucking shitty policeman having to go through this app and it's just fucking BTS fan cams. Just dog shit after dog shit. Mm, maybe it'll make them a better person. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there are some things like that. Uh, Anonymous has made a little little reappearance. I forgot about Anonymous. Yeah, Anonymous just kind of popped up out of nowhere and started, like, hacking police websites, um, doxing thousands of police email addresses and passwords. One of them, the password was LinkedIn. I loved the list of policemen's passwords that included <laughs> things like... Pa- LinkedIn was the most bizarre one. Why uh. is LinkedIn your password? My goodness. Just adding to the list of reasons police are so overwhelmingly dumb. Oh, man. Um, They've also been, uh, if this was them, I don't want to attribute it to the wrong people, but they had also been, like, hacking into the frequencies that police scanners use and playing, like, poker music. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely heard a few of those. Chocolate Rain YouTube video in Chicago. Oh, classic. I turn away from the mic to breathe. Good stuff. And we support all of these efforts. We do. We truly do. If you are able to do these things, you should be using your uh, weird hacker powers for good. Absolutely. We appreciate it. We don't have any. Not that smart. Not at all. Don't know how to code anything that's maybe theo can give that a go when he's not shitting out of his doo-doo ass poor theo poor theo is uh he's not with us due to dying from intestinal problems he is shitting and or farting at the time of recording poor man dying from all of the liquids flying out of all of his holes Mm. now uh i believe it's time for a very specific uh, segment of Nature Corner. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Winter is love, Nature Corner. It's Nature Corner, baby. And this comes to us from The Gazette in Janesville, Wisconsin. So um, this was sent in to us from multiple people for reasons that may soon be apparent. (laughs) You like that? Uh, Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Hundreds joined Floyd protest along Janesville thoroughfare by Catherine W. Idzerda. Uh, More than 100 people showed up along Milton Avenue to protest the killing of George Floyd, the Minneapolis man who died after a police officer knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes. A second, smaller group of people planned to step in with guns if things got out of control, which they didn't. The Janesville Police Department had two officers present. A Rock County Sheriff's deputy was there as well. They were backed up by a variety of individuals who said they were ready to step in if needed. God, this cowboy shit is just embarrassing it's fucking embarrassing mr policeman Mm, i'll help you do you need any help sir 
fuck off. Um, it's also, I know, I know that we were just talking about this before. Like, this was making me think, uh, this whole week has been making me think about like, you ever see those viral videos where like, um, a, a kid pulls up to somebody else's house and they have the security camera on the porch and he's like walking up and then he sees the American flag out the front and he just stops and recites the Pledge of Allegiance like oh, a fucking robot. God. Apart I, from being extremely yeah. pathetic, it's also like you have been brainwashed. I used to think that was really like a caricature of people in America, but it's so real. Like yeah, pe- like I saw the footage, uh, you know, when all of the when all of the lockdowns and stuff started happening, of people like taking their little fucking kids out to the end of the driveway every morning so that them and all the other kids on the street could recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the same time. Mm-hmm. The fuck is wrong with you? Imagine saying to your kids, "Oh, we have to go out and pledge loyalty to the motherland this morning." Yeah, you don't want to be brainwashed by like communism or Mouncy Tung or oh, anything, though. No. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy stuff. That'd be crazy. Hold on. Uh, just got to stand up at the baseball game and take my hat off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what this shit makes me think of. This kind of like, oh, I better, I better get my fucking nine millimeter and go down and stand next to a cop in case they need me to be a cop too. Maybe they'll deputize me during the protest. Just an absolute ridiculous, embarrassing male fantasy. And it is so much. Like I know, I know. There's been a lot of talk this week as well about like um. You know how much of American, like corporate entertainment, is fucking cop worship, and CSI and SVU and oh, so much. Like fucking, what is it? Brooklyn Nine Nine and yeah. all these things. And but there's also that whole element as well of like things like Taken and Death Wish, and there's this just this entire class of like reactionary entertainment in America that is all about. I wish something terrible would happen. Not so to me. So that I me. could be the hero. Uh, I don't want it to happen to me. I want it to happen to someone in my life. Mm. Like my daughter or my wife or whatever. And then I would have a legitimized reason to go out and commit murder. And realistically, it's like when you imagine an argument going differently in your head where you say really cool and smart stuff. When it actually happened, you probably wouldn't do shit. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the only the only reasonable interpretation of that that I've seen in a movie uh, is maybe Death Sentence starring um, Kevin Bacon, friend of the show uh, by Six Degrees, Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. um, uh, directed by Australian James Wan, oh. who made Saw and all that stuff, you know. Um, Haven't seen it. It's uh, it's it's fine. It is what it is. But um, but it also has the whole element of like he's extremely scared the whole time that anything is happening, and basically the first person in like the gang that killed his son that he offs is like pretty much by accident. He like <laughs> you know they're struggling over a knife and he just falls over onto him, <laughs> um, and then he goes, oh no. And, like, that seems much more akin to the kind of thing that would actually happen than, you know, a cop turning to you and saying, we need you to dispense justice now. Oh, we need Steve here to 
shoot the gun? Uh, we need Sean from Racine and his friend <laughs> Owen from Janesville, who both had sidearms and said they would assist the police if things got out of control. Oh, fucking losers. The two men declined to give their last names and stood in the CVS parking lot because guns are not allowed on federal property. Pussies. Like, both men said they don't have any crowd control training, but they have been to the firing range. Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, do you think that if shit popped off at a protest and you also took out your gun and started shooting, like one one plainclothes civilian took out their gun and started shooting other plainclothes civilians, do you think that would help the police? Do you think they would be mm-hmm. like, sweet, this has really simplified things? I mean, it probably would help them. That's probably ideal for the police in their yeah, scenario. We, we must kill as many of them as possible. Um, when asked if the police needed help, Police Sergeant Dean Sukas said he felt police had things under control. Greg Hoft of Janesville bought 12 boxes of bees to the event. (laughs) The bees were on a trailer that he towed into the post office parking lot just behind the protesters. Uh, And you can see a photo of this thing. Um, Big boxes of bees. He just brought boxes of bees whole bunch of boxes of bees. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, buddy, what's with the bees? That is, that is what I was thinking. <laughs> well, well, a great explanation for this. Um, Hoft, whose name was on the side of the bee boxes, posted <laughs> his plans on Facebook. Quote, The riot control bees are in their holding yard <laughs> waiting to clear the streets of Janesville and keep peace to this county. I'm willing to bring them in and kick them over if things get out of control. <laughs> I love the idea that they're riot control bees as though they have any agency. Like, yeah, yeah. trained in this scenario. Oh, and, and I, I like the... <laughs> I like that um, the description of deploying the riot control bees is to kick over the kick box them that over. they're in. He's like, I'm, I'm going to deploy the bees and he just kicks deploy over Deploy the, the bees and then you just kind of kick it and put your arm up over your face and run away. How are you going to get all your bees back in the boxes, pal? What are, yeah, your bees are gone. You've lost 12 boxes of bees. Those bees cost good money. Just a terrible plan all around. Oh, Greg, so, you fucking idiot. So much bee content on the show lately. So I've heard. <sighs> So, um, police learned that he planned to release the bees if the protest became unruly. Hoft was asked to leave and did, Sukas said. <laughs> hey, uh, you mind, um, motioning at the bees? You mind just, uh, mind getting the bees out of here, buddy? I love them just being like, hey, what, what's these boxes? And he's like, oh, I just bought some bees for backup. And they're like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> you can leave. Once again... Much like the other guys, do you think that if things start getting unruly and you were to kick over your 12 boxes of bees, that the police will be like, thank you. Bees do not respect police. (laughs) Thank you for sorting this out. Oh, man. That would have been great, though. I would have loved to see a swarm of bees on some policemen. Attacking some cops. Imagine if they only went for the cops, you know? That'd be amazing. Ally bees. Maybe we should start training them. Maybe that's the next step. Oh, my goodness. Now, we do have another item. 
for Nature Corner this week. We've got Nature Corner because that's the only good thing to think about right now. Is it good though? Why don't you hit me with the next story? I mean, I personally think it's good that monkeys stole coronavirus test samples in India. (laughs) Uh, This is from the Daily News, New York Daily News. It was a bit too much monkeying around. Oh boy, here we Terrible. Go. Not a great not a great intro, but I respect the effort. Uh, monkeys in India attacked a medical official and stole coronavirus test samples, Reuters reported. All the samples were positive tests. Uh, the troops' surprise attack happened earlier this week <laughs> in the state of Uttar Pradesh. According to Reuters, a monkey was caught on video holding one of the samples. Uh, doctors retested the people whose samples were swiped by the primates, and they were positive. Officials are not sure if monkeys can contract coronavirus. Uh, uh, in April, 15 monkeys suspiciously dropped dead in Uttar Pradesh, but doctors said they died of pneumonia, not COVID-19. Oh, well. Mm, not Couldn't possibly be related. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I guess it is slightly concerning. Slightly concerning? It's slightly concerning. <laughs> what are they going to do with them, you know? What are they going to do with them? What What were they planning to do with them? Maybe release them in a different country. Uh, smear it all over some bees. Kick the box of bees over. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. At the bottom, in my ad, you know how you get ads when you're reading a terrible news site? Uh-huh. Too many, um, one might say. It's advertising a red bubble t-shirt. Okay. And what go. it says is, uh, Clinton made me want to be faithful. Bush made me want to be smarter. Obama made me want to be better. Trump made me want to be Canadian. Damn. So uh, that's, that's, that's a targeted ad for me, which is very <laughs> concerning. <laughs> it's very specifically for you. Don't like that one. Who's wearing these? You ever see these <laughs> things and you're like, who is buying this? You know who's wearing it? It's the um, it's the like middle-aged white ladies that you've seen on videos at the protests yelling at everyone to behave better. Yeah, mm-hmm. the ones that are posting on Facebook about how they they agree with it, but maybe the looting's not really convincing people to come over to your cause. God damn! Oh, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, "Beware the white moderate." Oh, God. The one who says that I agree with your cause, but I don't agree with your methods. I just, I'd, I had a message from a family member saying these sorts of things and bringing up the um, Martin Luther King was a pacifist fallacy, I suppose. It's definitely uh, a point of argument they love to bring up that Martin okay. Luther King just wanted us all to protest peacefully. Well, guess what? They shot him. So maybe it's a terrible argument that you're making. And has been, as has been noted over and over and over again, there is no such thing as protesting white supremacy in a way that is amenable to white supremacists. There's there is nothing. nothing you can do. Uh, you can very peacefully and quietly take one knee during the national anthem of a football game mm. and hundreds of thousands, millions of people and the president of your country will lose their fucking mind. Yeah. People will demand that you lose your job. Uh, they'll probably threaten to kill you. Sure you know, will. You, can, uh, you can wear a t-shirt at a basketball game. People will not be happy about that. There, mm. there is no acceptable way to do it. There's no such you know? thing. 
Because and they I, don't care. You have, they're not going to come around to your cause because they truly don't care. And that's why we are where we are. Because violence is the only language that is going to be heard because it's the language that they use. Well, like, yeah, I just, uh, this is a thing that we have said on this show many times about the ways in which the governments of Western democracies have just made protest part of the fabric of what they do. So, like, you can look at America after 9-11 and going into Iraq where, you know, they, they made their little free speech zones, which were also called cages. That they put people in so that if you were planning to protest Bush's inauguration, they would just take you around the corner into an alley and push you into a nice little chain link cage and say, you could do all your uh, expressing your freedom speech in here. This is the little cage where you're allowed to do it. Yeah. And, you know, in Australia, I think that Australia is... I think that Australia is extremely addicted to the the peaceful protest fallacy. Oh, for um, sure. Australia has become extremely adept at having protests where tens of thousands of people show out in the streets of capital cities. And I'm not... I, I want to clarify, I'm not criticizing anybody who goes out and does this. But people are people are very concerned with being seen to do the right thing and to you know not not doing any of the stuff that makes uh governments say oh you're you're doing the wrong thing you're making everybody look bad you're being too disruptive you're damaging businesses and property and all that sort of thing Mm. and so you put in for a permit and the police say well we'll make sure to have enough police there to kick the shit out of you if anybody gets out of line and then people show up and they start their march at the time they're allowed to and then they go along the route that they're told they're allowed to march on and then they get to the end and at the end everybody peacefully goes home and the government says, cool, back to whatever the fuck we were yeah. doing. Yeah, how many of those protests did we have for asylum seekers? For asylum that got seekers. Us absolutely nowhere. For going to Iraq, for trying to get Tony Abbott out of office, for all kinds of shit where like just record numbers of people turning out to express their deep, deep dissatisfaction with things that governments are doing in their name and the government knows that if people are going to go out and lawfully conduct themselves during those protests that it won't bother any business owners and it won't bother any landowners and it won't bother anybody and it won't disrupt anything. Right, and that's not what a protest is for. It is supposed to be disruption. Yeah. And yeah, I I think like personally, I think that I think that Australia and and people in Australia who go out to protests are they're they're kind of I don't know they're a little bit in this sort of symbiotic relationship with the government now about this stuff where the government says this is how you're allowed to protest and they go okay that's what we'll do yes and everybody daddy goes, yeah yeah everybody goes back to it the next day again I'm not like I go to them as well oh I'm yeah not, I'm not Me too. I'm not criticizing anybody I'm just saying like. It's just yeah. beyond that here. There's yeah, it's so so far beyond that, yeah. and I, and I also get that it's it's not it's not the same in terms of what it's about. But I guess I'm just saying that like those people who complain 
hey, you're making people look bad or there's people who are co-opting things by turning over cars and smashing in windows and stuff like that. It's an expression of rage. I mean, there probably are people co-opting it, but it's the minority and that's probably all you're going to see in the media as well. But also, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I also truly don't care. that. Who, uh, who gives a fuck? Who created the conditions? Macy's got their windows smashed or something. Yeah, like they don't have fucking insurance to deal with it all. Exactly. All that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's pretty crazy to look at because it feels like something. It's perhaps something that should be happening in Australia also. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely Australia needs to focus more on indigenous deaths in custody because it's really not that far off. What's well, I mean, we saw, a, we saw a video just yesterday of a cop in New South Wales and Sydney um, talking to a group of teens and one of them said something to him that he didn't like. So he immediately walked over to him, turned him around, put his hands behind his back and then tripped his legs out from under him, slamming him face down onto the concrete from it's a standing height. Disgusting. Truly thugs is what the police are on every level. And of course... Like with the American stuff, if you look at, you know, the replies to that post anywhere on social media, you will see people saying, oh, well, he shouldn't have been a smart aleck to the police. He shouldn't have said something like that to the police if he didn't want to get treated like that. I just, it's have like, you ever met a cop? Like, <laughs> also, like, you, you can say whatever the fuck you like without it giving the police the right to literally smash your fucking teeth. Exactly. They're not some protected class apart from the fact that you're going to get a bigger penalty if you injure one of them. You know? And so when the the New South Wales police chief or whoever the fuck he is uh, was asked about this today, he was asked do you, you know, are you concerned that that video is going to have a negative effect on your relationship? with the community that you're policing. Mm. Uh, His answer was, I'm concerned that people are going to take that video and try to use it against us and make it look bad. Yeah. Like the physical video that does make you look bad probably is going to make you look bad. Yeah. uh, You said, we have a great relationship with the community that we police. And as we all know, there's nothing indigenous Australians love more than the fucking cops. Oh, yeah. I just love this myth of, like, community with police. You know, they have their, like, coffee with the cop events and stuff like that and go to schools and whatever and meant to act like there's this this happy part that's there to protect the community, which is definitely what I remember being brought up to think about police. You know, that's Mm. what they tell you at school. If anything bad happens, call a police officer. It's it's hard having kids because, like... Yeah, it must be. I, you know, we, we struggle. We're, like, on one hand... You know, my my wife wants to, like, be honest with our kids about a lot of stuff. And I I think that that's noble. But at the same time, like, they're they're like four and six years old. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff that they just can't understand. And, like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I, like, I my kids get fucking cop propaganda at school. Constable fucking Kenny comes to their school Mm -hmm. and says, I'm a puppet and the cops are your friend. And I'm like, no, they're not though, are they? Certainly not. Yeah, but at the same time, like, 
am I supposed to be telling my six-year-old, like, the cops are not your friends and don't talk to them and, like, if you get lost somewhere, don't ask anyone for help? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't the know fuck what am I meant the to alternative be saying is. To them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's there's a, a lot of two-year-olds on Twitter that uh, say things like, fuck fascism. So, um, I don't know what you're doing with your kids there, Andrew. Yeah. Everyone's kids online are pretty woke. But anyway, that's... uh. <laughs> That's really not that big a deal as far as problems go. How do mm-hmm. I talk to my kids about how to interact with the police? Because, as we said, they're not going to be the ones having the problems. Exactly. And so, I guess I kind of just want to finish on the note of saying, like, to, to the people like us out there, to the white people, mm. black lives matter. And if you cannot understand by looking at what is happening right now around the world, if you cannot understand from looking at this footage, if you cannot understand from seeing case after case of people like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, Oscar Grant, Philando Castile, all of these people, person after person after person, just murdered by the police on film for seemingly nothing other than being in front of a cop and the color Mm -hmm. of their skin. If you cannot see all of that stuff without making it about yourself somehow, without making it about some all lives matter shit, without trying to bring statistics of, you know, also how many white people get killed by the police into it. If you can't see all of that without somehow trying to make it about yourself or your own feelings or your own place in the world in some way. Or your brother-in-law who's a cop. Yep, the Mm. the good cop you know, then you are part of the problem. It is an institutional problem and you are part of the institution. You've got to be able to start looking at it and listening and just fucking understanding what is happening. I can't comprehend how anyone can look at what is happening and say well you know those Mm. those thousands of people we're seeing get tear gassed and beaten and rubber bulleted on the streets they all did something to deserve it Mm. the cops are all correct that's right the cops are infallible then you have some massive shit to work through do what you can please do do work through it that's fine but do what you can to, to support people who need it in this moment. Yes. You know, give your support. Listen. Try and learn something. Give your uh, support with money if you can at this stage, I think is a very important thing to do. Share posts. I know that posting is not activism, but sharing important posts, sharing things that people can do to help out, I feel like is something you can be doing tangibly right now. Yep. Um, so, like I said, we will put a link to that fundraiser for David Dungay Jr.'s uh, Mother's Appeal. And there are some other um, indigenous justice charities that we will throw in there as well. There are a lot. So, uh, we will put some of those links in there. Please make a contribution if you can. Um, as you know, we do have a Patreon for the show because we make two episodes every week. Uh, how about instead of giving us some money, you give some money to these causes instead? That is what we would love for people to do this week. 
And if you are protesting out there, please stay safe and please don't get shot by a cop. Please don't. Um, yep. Look after yourself. Look after each other. And just do what you can. Mm-hmm. And fuck cops. Fuck cops. See you next week, everybody. Bye.